Welcome to the Muckle Teal Football Show. My name is Miles. The Cincinnati Bengals get back up to 500, 2-2, two two, defeat the Miami Dolphins, hand them their first loss of the year, the penultimate undefeated team. It'll be just the Eagles now who are 3-0 facing the Jaguars this weekend. But the headline tonight is the Tua Tungavailoa head injury, you know, and and its connection with what happened last week in week three on Sunday when Tua, you know, a, a, against the Bills, hit his head, wobbled to the ground, had to be held up. He was visibly dizzy and disoriented. You know, I I took it out of the notes that I was um, in the on Sunday's show because, you know, I kind of took my cue from, from Red Zone and CBS and just, you know, what, what am I going to play TV doctor? You know, am I going to say I know what happened? Uh, you know, more so than the doctors on the field. But I think now that there's been this head injury today, five days later, and you saw that head trauma fencing response, you know, even if he's able to travel, that was horrifying to see. And I guess questioning what exactly happened there isn't the same as saying everyone's lying, you know, I I think we should question what happened week three. He, he, he how did he avoid the concussion protocol? How was he cleared to return to that game? And and did that mean that it was easier for him to play in this game? You know the the brain is complex. Now the NFLPA is called into investigation for the week three. How did Tua? How did they determine that Tua hadn't had any? any uh, uh, symptoms when we watched them on TV. And I think that that's a fair question. <laughs> it, it's complex. And we want, we want to hear two is okay. He's passed the protocol, right? He's got movement in his extremities. He's going home with the team. You know, I, I am filled with relief hearing that. But caring about the person and being concerned about what happened, those two things can exist at the same time. It's irresponsible to speculate. I get it. I get it. That's why I took it out of my other show, but I am skeptical. I am skeptical of what they're doing to keep these players in here. First of all, the NFL certainly doesn't have any cred on this. They were feeding bowls of painkillers. They were calling concussions, ring your bell. This is like, while I was like a teenager and I am 37. Okay. Like these things are not a huge things of the past. And I'm no fan of post Seahawk Richard Sherman, but he said it based. You don't want to speculate. You shouldn't speculate. It's irresponsible to speculate. You know, I hear you, Tony Gonzalez. You don't want to say anything because you don't know the answer. But when you do, when you do speculate, there's kind of a really good answer for why teams and players and stuff would hide injuries and falsify and kind of paper over concussions. And it's called money. It's called money and it's right there the answer is so obvious if you ask why is that being done and so it's just a difficult thing it's just a difficult thing and and i remember reading an article in 2006 when i was working i remember i remember where what year it was because of where i was working but anyway they said the nfl will cease to exist at some point 
and it will happen this way. It'll happen through head injuries. It'll happen through horrifying things on national TV, and it won't be you know immediate, but the youth pools will dry up because of fear of those type of injuries. And I just, I don't want that to happen. And I think the only way forward is transparency and holding players out of the game. If you're not sure, if you're not sure, don't play. So on to football, the Bengals won. Haven't talked about the Bengals very much. They're in the, the, the white Siberian alter alternate helmets. Um, maybe it's just the haze of all this, like, unpleasantness with the Tua thing. It's just, I'm so glad to hear that he is traveling and, and discharged from the hospital. Cause like while I was watching the game, I was like, is he, is he okay? Like, can he talk? Cause that, that was horrifying. Oh my God. But now that he is, I can kind of think about the, now that I know he's like traveling and talking to people, you talk about the game and, uh, I don't like the Siberian tiger helmets. <laughs> I thought I would. I think it's because the whole uniform is white. They look like a coloring book. So Teddy Bridgewater came in for Tua, came in for the Dolphins, had some good moments, some bad moments. I think Teddy is fine, but you know he's he's like I, like I always say, Teddy Bridgewater is. He will beat the teams that are better than you, or beat the teams that are worse than you, and he will lose the teams that you can't usually beat because he can't. He doesn't add anything. He's a he's a net neutral, and. um Maybe the system would be good enough. Maybe it's a Mike McDaniel thing that, that can be ridden. Um, the Bengals offensive line had a good day. Joe Burrow had a good day. Zach Taylor would prefer to run Joe Mixon for one yard uh, or no gain for some reason. But when they were allowed to pass, the Bengals did pretty dang good. Um, God, there was, a, there was a, what, three runs in a row at the one yard line and then kicked a field goal without... <laughs> Without putting the hands in the, the ball in the hands of Joe Burrow, luckily they they won the game and and with Bridgewater in there, there was really never any threat. Um, Joe Mixon through four games, by the way, has seventy two carries and they're two and a half yards per carry. It's ugly. It is ugly. He looks slow and he looks tackleable. <laughs> I should say when he meets any resistance, he's getting tackled. All right, welcome to the Muckleteal Football Show. Follow us on Twitter at MUK underscore football. The show is football everything. NFL history, legacy, ups and downs of the season. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We have shows Thursday after Thursday night football, Sunday after Sunday night football, and Monday after Monday night football. And let's talk about week four. I'm going to pick four games, preview them, and pick them. I'm now nine and three for my picks. I was two and two last week. Got the Broncos upset over the 49ers, barely. I said the Rams would cover over Arizona. That was no problem. I got my Northmen traveling to Florida backwards. I said Miami would lose to Buffalo and that Green Bay would lose to Tampa Bay. The opposite happened. So anyway, I'm nine and three. We'll see how we do and go from there. Buffalo goes to Baltimore. Josh Allen goes to Lamar Jackson. Exciting. Why is this game in the afternoon? Why is this game not a primetime game? It's, it's, it's kind of like a Brady Rogers last week. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson is, is, is out of primetime. 
I mean, I'm sure it's because CBS and Fox, you know, shelled out some dough to make sure some of the big matchups uh, were still with them. And people do watch the afternoon games, of course. They're some of the highly, most highly rated things of the year. So, but still, it'd be nice to have Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson in prime time so we could truly sit with it. Some of us have to watch the Seahawks game instead, or red zone, like I do. Um, the Bills, I'm probably going to take the Bills in this game. I don't really hold the events of week three against the Buffalo Bills in the, in the heat and the humidity. I, I basically call that a weather game. You know, we shouldn't be taking too much, too much from. Uh, and I'll know if it's the Bills day, if they break the opening drive touchdown record. So they, they've now tied it. Uh, they've have eight games in a row in which they've scored a touchdown on their opening drive. Now, every, like everybody's saying this, the broadcast said it ties the record, ties the record, ties the record, eight opening drives, ties the record. Ties the record. I was, I've just, I had a maddening quest on the internet. What record? Whose record? Who's the other team? <laughs> I was having visions of like 1989 49ers, or maybe it was the 99 or 01 Rams, or maybe like peak Peyton Manning, the 2004 Colts or 2003 Broncos or 13 Broncos, or maybe, maybe it's the 2007 Patriots. I thought, well, it turns out that the team that the Buffalo Bills have tied for opening drive touchdowns is the 2016 Atlanta Falcons. You're welcome, everyone. I surfed the internet and I found it for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is going to be a good game or it's going to be a messy game. Either way, that I suppose that's entertaining. I, I'm, I'm really like not sure. I'm re- man, I'm really not sure because there's so many injuries on the offensive line and secondary for both teams. So is this game going to be ugly and messy and harder for Allen and Lamar to do damage, or does that mean they're turned loose and they and they they're going to put on a show? You know, uh, I think it'll be, I'm rooting for the show because <laughs> the Bills are beating up in the secondary. Lamar Jackson's got weapons. Really, for the first time in his career, it seems like Devin Duvernay and Rashad Bateman are joining Mark Andrews and that Lamar Jackson finally has multiple weapons in the in the uh, in the passing game. And then that's paired with the Ravens newfound inability to run with their running backs. And the Bills can't run either. So that's why I'm just thinking, hey, maybe it's Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Just put it all on them. Buffalo's favored by three. <sighs> yeah, I just, I, why do I make these picks live? Um, okay. No, I, I can't bet on Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh to lose by more than a field goal. Not with the way Lamar Jackson is playing. I'll take the Ravens to cover the three. Not sure about an outright win. So I'm taking a cowardly way out on that one. <laughs> All right. Next game. The Jacksonville Jaguars at the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think the most important thing happening for Jacksonville is that I am talking about them now. <laughs> that this is a game worth previewing and worth picking on the Muckle Two Football Show. I'm sure they care. Not the Titans Colts who play this week. The AFC South actually matters. Or what the Jaguars do actually matters to the AFC South right now. After having back-to-back worst records in the NFL that that stink is finally wearing off because they beat down Indianapolis 20 to zero in week two. They just beat down the chargers 38 to 10. Suddenly 
the generational prospect that the Jaguars have is seen in a different light. And here they come to town and they're meeting Philadelphia, the team that was kind of in that, you know, nine to nine to 15 range. Suddenly it's clicked and they have surged up. They're at the top of most power rankings. I was looking at looking around uh, the Internet, ESPN, USA Today, CBS, NFL.com. They've all got Philadelphia at the top of the power rankings right now. And while I enjoy the stories of Trevor Lawrence, the stories of Jalen Hurts, I think both teams rising up is largely due to their defenses. You know, so let's give them a little bit of credit here. Defense, it's hard to be consistent, near, near impossible to be consistent on defense. So while they're playing so well, let's give some due. The Jaguars, they're, they're, they're doing some special stuff. And a lot of it is with the number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker, being great in the run game. This is not stuff you think about with number one overall picks very often, but Trayvon Walker, excellent run game. There's a lot of beef in that middle that they're looking very good on the D line. They got Josh Allen on the edge. So they do have, they do have a pass rusher while Trayvon Walker sort of figures out if he's going to be that in the NFL. And then their other rookie, the Jaguars, other rookie linebacker, Devin Lloyd also playing very well. NFL rookie of the month, actually defensive rookie of the month. He had two great games as a linebacker in coverage versus the Colts versus the Chargers. So they're just, they've added some new dynamics, some new tenacity to this Jaguars defense and the Eagles. Of course, I've already talked about the defensive line ad nauseum, Fletcher Cox, Hassan Reddick, you know, sweat Graham so much so that Jordan Davis, a man who shared the Georgia 2021 defensive line with Trayvon Walker is rotating in at his massive leisure. And then they got Darius Slay, James Bradbury in the corners. The Eagles do. That's that's a luxury. The Eagles are really set up uh, with personnel. So the line here is six and a half, though. <laughs> Philadelphia is a six and a half point favorite against the Jaguars. Boy, Vegas is not in on the Jaguars. And this is such a tough one. I don't want to be like the idiot who ignored what the Jaguars showed us for week two and week three, but let's just see it for one more week. I'm going to take the Eagles to cover that touchdown. Basically Eagles minus six and a half. Okay. Next game. Sunday night football, the Kansas city chiefs go down to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. And like Trevor Lawrence, Jalen hurts, Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes also carries a degree of quarterback pedigree. (laughs) Slightly less, slightly. No, I was kidding. Um, this game will be in Tampa Bay with Hurricane Ian hitting Florida right now, especially Southwest Florida, heavy rains, flooding. The storm surge was deadly and tragic. Um, and the storm was expected to hit Tampa Bay. It essentially hit it directly, but it didn't. Um, so the, the Tampa Bay apparently got pretty much unscathed or at least uh, as unscathed as you can be comparatively, you know, Hey, you can't predict hurricanes. Okay. Sunday night football's had a f- four duds in a row. If you count Thursday night football, bills, Rams, uh, cause then the bucks, Cowboys, that was a dud. We know Broncos 49ers was a dud and whatever was, was week two. I mean, they've ever since Mike Tirico took over the games have been extremely lackluster. So the curse of Al Michaels, Shouldn't have kicked him out of NBC. All your games are going to be boring now. <laughs> no, the Buccaneers, 
well, I hope to have some receivers out there. First of all, Mike Evans will be back. Julio Jones is a maybe. A lot of injuries along the offensive line. Just can we get some support out there for Tom Brady? You know, Tom Brady's actually playing well. Anybody saying Tom Brady is like finally washed is doing so by box score alone because he is playing quick. He's getting the ball out or playing great. He's getting the ball out quick. He's making deep throws, the sideline throws. The offensive line is banged up and they're looking good because of Tom Brady. You know, I mean, that's why decision making. So get him some help and we can start to see some some fine wine Tom Brady. The Chiefs, meanwhile, are coming off of just a bizarre game against the Colts. They should have won like a thousand times. Uh, and Mahomes and the offense, you know, is this really an offensive juggernaut anymore? I think that's right to question because if you take away the game against Arizona, which I know you can say, oh, well, if you take away anybody's best game, but I think for purposes of trying to evaluate evaluate what's going to happen you can take away the arizona cardinal game because no other defense is going to be as stupid as vance joseph was doing the exact opposite thing that everybody's been doing to slow down mahomes for two years but you know todd bowles won't todd bowles is gonna put together a a game plan and that's the real grudge match isn't it mahomes versus todd bowles that's what happened in the super bowl in the 2020 super bowl mahomes got embarrassed by the buccaneers defense If Mahomes can get some momentum going, that is going to be big for him. I think it's going to happen. This is basically a pick Chiefs favored by one. I will take the Chiefs. I think he gets some redemption against that Levante, David, that whole group. Okay. Last game. Monday Night Football 49ers. And the Rams, and I'm going to take the Rams confidently, confidently, because I don't, I hate Jimmy Garoppolo, (laughs) good guy, handsome guy, bad quarterback. I just, I don't care what everyone says, you know, in this specific, in this specific game, people are talking about Matt Stafford. If if the guy just catches it, Matt Stafford throws away the NFC title game. Uh, Hello. Jimmy Garoppolo rolled to his right and threw one right to Jalen Ramsey. That Ramsey dropped. Garoppolo did it too. He also threw away the game after that. I just It's just baffling to me how many times Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, I'll, I'll drop it here. Rams are favorited. One of my big points is Garoppolo has benefited, and the 49ers have benefited from an elite roster. You're not elite without Trent Williams, and especially not elite if also Eric Armstead doesn't play. So. I'm worried about that. I also think the Rams traded for Bobby Wagner for this moment. <laughs> the 49ers have ran the ball down the Rams throat for, for years. And I think Sean McVay got Bobby Wagner in here from the Seattle Seahawks and said, Wagner, what have you been doing <laughs> to shut the 49ers up all the time? And Wagner has presumably collaborated with McVay to show something of why Seattle has owned the 49ers for so long and implanted some of that on the Rams. At least that's Sean McVay's hope. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Muckle Teal Football Show. We'll see you Sunday and Monday to talk about week four. Bye.